You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. I am your host, Erica Lance. My co-host today is the amazing Bo Lake. And with us today is Kelly I. Hitchcock. I really hope my producers still put that soundtrack there, but I I don't know if they do because that's a thing. Um, Oh, don't forget to like and subscribe. I have to say that because for whatever reason, people don't instantly go, I love this show. I should subscribe to it. Um, Let's talk about what we're drinking. So I am very fancy and very bougie today. I am drinking a belt, I'm probably not even going to say it, but Brelevore Farm Elderflower Hand-Picked Lemonade. It's, uh, by the way, crafted with nature. I don't know what that means, but I feel like there's probably dirt in it. But anyway, but I added my botanical, (laughs) it's got dirt. Um, I added my botanical gin in my Drinking With Authors swag cup, which you can kind of see. Um, So all of our authors, by the way, Kelly, get swag for being on the show. This one happens to be swag from the very beginning. So, but it's cool swag. Um, Anyway, that's what I'm drinking. Bo, what are you drinking? Well, I have two drinks today. Um, one is just green tea and the other one is a blue moon. So I'm going to just switch throughout. I like it. I also have water because <laughs> hydration is important when you're putting more than half a cup of gin. Um, Kelly, what are you drinking? True story. Well, I've, I've got two things as well and I am not, not, I am not fancy. I'm pretty basic when it comes to drinking. Um, I don't like to make a lot of fancy cocktails unless I'm paying someone to do it for me because I'm not good at it. Um, I do it for TikTok, but I don't do it like just on a daily basis. So I'm really a wine and beer person. So I have this Boulevard holiday ale that Ooh. we got from the tap room when we um, went back to Kansas City for Thanksgiving because Boulevard is in my book. I thought it was apropos. And then when that's empty, because it will be soon, um, <laughs> I have my box wine container. Yes, <laughs> the whole container. The whole container. I'm uh, appreciating all of this that is yeah. happening right now. <laughs> um, my spouse knows me well, and this was a Mother's Day gift for me so that I could just put the bag in this dispenser and get a glass of wine whenever I want to. That is very cool. Yeah, no, you got to appreciate the spouses that know you well. I'm redesigning our kitchen. We bought this house a year ago. And one of the things um, when I was showing the layout of the kitchen, to my other half he was like where is the wine going and I was like that's an important question oh and I had them redo it so I have a whole like wine thing so I was like hmm, I didn't think of that I was being practical in like cooking stuff but no now I have wine stuff okay so Kelly for the audience at large that may not know you yet what do you write so I write a little bit of everything my latest novel is humorous fiction And the one that I'm working on is also humorous fiction. Um, I'd say I fall mainly into like the literary, humorous, ladies fiction category. Um, But I also have written, um, I have a children's book that I haven't done anything with yet. I write poetry. I write essays. Um, I've had no shortage of weird um, jobs that involve writing for people and doing things for them. including uh, I once had a freelance job where I wrote people's online dating profiles and wrote like 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 messages to matches. Uh, but oh, luckily I don't thing? have to do that anymore. That's a thing. Oh, oh my God, I didn't even know that was a thing. Did that you know a, that mean, was a thing, Bo, that you could pay somebody? Oh my God, when I was it's on like, those sites. Why even be on it at that point? Because they're not even talking to you, they're talking to you. It's true. Well, um, I think from the profile perspective, you know, people are really bad at talking about themselves and I'm no exception. I will say that that job really prepared me to like write the bio, like my own bio and that cover blurb for my book because you have to d- condense it down. But it's like, how do you condense yourself down into a paragraph? It's hard to do for anybody um, except a stranger. So that's where I came in. But I don't have to work freelance for $14 an hour anymore, thankfully. No. So. 
That's good. Now that just gave me a whole idea for a book though, because I write humorous erotica and I had no idea they, people paid for it. I'm writing this down, Kelly. I'll well, ask me anything. I'll be yes. a paid consultant. Oh my God. <laughs> Absolutely. I will. <laughs> this is, um, I'm like, ah, I'm so thrown off by that. Okay. So what is your latest Humorous book? Fiction. <laughs> my latest book is Community Klepto. It just came out in June. This is the cover. Um, and it is a humorous fiction story about a girl who compulsively steals from people at her gym. So if you like contemporary fiction, you like to laugh and you have a love-hate relationship with the gym, then Community Klepto is the book for you. I love wow. the cover. I do, I do too. too. It's perfect. I, I really had no idea, like, like when I was describing, like, like filling out questions for the designer I'm like I have no idea what they're going to come up with but I think they really nailed it yeah, I great. think they absolutely did so I gotta ask though where'd you come up with this idea for this book because that's like a whole like you being blown away here as I said that is a very <laughs> unique concept thank uh, you uh I got the idea when I was living in Kansas City I'm in Austin now and I was training for my first and last marathon uh I'll never do that again and <laughs> Hey, it's off the bucket list. You know, those little things. Have you ever, you could be like, yep, done and Check. done. Check. Um, and it started out as a short story because I was spending a lot of time in the gym, a lot of time on the treadmill, especially when it was either too hot or too cold to run outside. And I really hate the treadmill. Um, I have one in my house that I use that I don't enjoy, but I hate the ones at the gym even more because then you have people next to you trying to like talk and you're like, I'm, I don't want to talk to you. Um, so it started as I had this, this incident where some guy came up and tried to talk to me about, about what I was, was reading or watching on TV. And I was like, I don't want to talk to this guy. And then as I'm on the treadmill, spending all this time at the gym, uh, I see people like leaving their shit out at the gym and not just like keys and hoodies, but like iPads, backpacks full of stuff. And I'm like, what if somebody were to just walk up and take their stuff? Like they're being very trusting right now. And so that's where the idea of Anne, my protagonist um, came into play. And she was also just a vehicle for me. Like, you know, you run into people at the gym who like they lift their weights too loud or they crowd you out or like they spend all their time on their phone when they should be working out. And it's like, I can't talk about these people out loud because I'm a functioning adult and I can't do that. But if I had a character say these things that are in my head, then that would make it okay. I love it. I love it. I, it, that's, trust me, I do so much people watching and I, I have a, a sign watching. on my door that says warning writer at work, you will be killed in the story. <laughs> I eviscerate people in fiction all the time. Like it is one of the best ways to get back at humans. Well, you write what, so, what you know. Yeah, like I will write you, I will write you in and I will fucking kill you in my story, <laughs> painfully so. And so, yes, no, I think that sounds brilliant. Okay, so when did you publish first? When did you first get published, not on a dating site, but as a published author under your name? As a published author under my name, the first thing I had, I ever had published, uh, was a lit magazine who published a poem of mine about Crayola crayons. Um, I have a very weird like hang up about Crayolas like being our first like status symbol as kids. Like I have the 24 box of the off brand and other girls had the 81 box with the built-in sharpener. Like you were hot shit if you had that crayon box. Yeah. Um, and then my first novel I published uh, I self-published when I was 22. Um, it's called The Red-Headed Stepchild. Uh, so. <laughs> I'm not giving away any secrets. Yeah. Watch the it YouTube may or may not be about my life growing up. Um, and uh, I had, you know, been shopping it around. It started out as my senior project in college because I went to school for creative writing and grew into a novel. I got tired of, you know, hearing the same refrain of, well, nobody really cares about a story about a white girl from the Midwest. So no thanks. 
and was like, fuck it, I'll just publish it on my own because I really wanted to go on and work on other things. So um, my second novel I published in my 30s and Community Klepto came out one week after my 40th birthday. So I'm hoping that it doesn't take me another decade to do another book because <laughs> I would like to, you know, not I spend that much time anymore. Because yeah. you have a humorous imagination and that would be a waste. Well, thank so, you. Must go faster. That is my advice. It's very Jurassic Park, my advice on that. <laughs> I hope you get chased by dinosaurs so you go faster. That's well, yeah. I have two six-year-olds, and that's kind of the same thing. Yes, no, my gosh, that is the same thing. They're <laughs> they're pretty much like velociraptors, including the tapping and the screeching, like the whole thing. And the opening doors when you're in the bathroom, the jiggling handle. Yeah. yeah. I feel you. <laughs> the fingers <laughs> under the door. Mom, yeah. mom. Are you in there? I need you, mom. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay, Bo, I know you always have questions. So I always you're do. More prepared than I am. <laughs> what drew you to humorous fiction? Because that's so outside of my wheelhouse. I want to know more. I don't know. I, I think, I don't know. I, I don't think we choose our genres. I think our genres choose us. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I, I think it's just more of a these are the things that are inside my head that are unacceptable to say out loud, but they're things that I think and things that I can say when I'm inside a character's head that I can't say um, in real life. And really, I mean, for Community Klepto, the gym is just so ripe for humor anyway. Yeah. And for the book that I'm writing now, um, it's about a widow who has twins and an older singleton which wouldn't like, you wouldn't think that that would be funny, but um, I'm making it funny. No, I could, uh, I could see that being funny. I think there's humor in almost everything we do. It's just, how do you look at the humor in the situation? Yeah. And how Not much time has passed between, between <laughs> the, the tragedy. Uh, and like, it being funny. Yeah, with enough time, like, like, like any tragedy becomes funny. Like they say that that's the, the formula is, is that comedy is tragedy plus time. So you went to school for creative writing. Did you want to write novels when you went to school? Like, what did you go for creative writing for? I didn't fucking know what I wanted to do when I was 19, 20 years old. True. Um, well, at the time you thought yeah. you knew what you wanted to do. I did HR for a long time. I say we change our mind about what we want to grow be when we grow up a million yeah. times in our all lives. I knew, like, like, all I knew was that my only real skill that set me apart from other people that I went to school with. Now, granted, I grew up in a town of 2,400 people, so it wasn't like I had a big pool to compare to, but I was always a good writer. I always had teachers who were like, you need to keep writing, you need to keep writing. So I knew that that was what I wanted to do, but I thought that the only way that you could survive with a degree in English was to be an English teacher. So I was like, okay, I'll just go to school and become an English teacher. And then here I am 20, you know, I've only been out of high school for two years, but I go to my first in-class observation and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to work with people of this age group. Uh, and I'm glad that I figured that out, you know, early. Yeah, before you're in your master's yes. program. Yes. I'm so glad that I figured that out early. So I pivoted and I was like, I'll just go get a degree in creative writing. Maybe I'll go into advertising. Um, I actually got lucky in my senior year and got a tech writing internship. And I ended up being a tech writer for 10 years. So it's kept me afloat. Wow, that's I, tech writing. That's something because I, I used to run IT too. Like that is a whole, whole thing by itself. Well, I'm a, a tester now. So after um, I kind of felt like I went as far as I could with tech writing I always thought I would be good at testing so that's what I do now oh that's very cool I I love that you kept writing though and you kept that as part of the passion that you had going forward because some people do you know creative writing and then go to journalism or whatever but I think it's definitely something where um when you when you have that and you have that ability and you're able to continue to maintain it in whatever form you know going forward is phenomenal so I don't know that the, it necessarily has a form. It's whenever I can. No, like you've after, had forms. I'm so super excited yeah. about this writing, dating, 
things. It's it's uh, anyway. It's got my brain going a hundred percent. I'm like more gin. I've got an idea. Uh, Absolutely. So, uh, let's talk about uh, your your journey. So this first book took you ten years to do, correct? My first book. Uh, How long did it take you to write it? The first book, I guess, it was about five years. But I was in my twenties, so mm-hmm. that was like that was was nothing. Uh, the second book, I wrote most of it during a NaNoWriMo challenge because it re- required me to talk to other people. And there was no way I was going to do that if I didn't have a fire like like, like lighting me to do it. Um, so I had to like interview people and talk to them. It, it's a collection of stories um, about ladies and their tattoos. So the, the, the story behind their tattoos. This is my, my second book, Portrait of Woman in Ink. And then Community Klepto took me 10 years to write and another few years to publish. Wow. Did you, so the uh, Women in Ink, did you self-publish or was that published by a publisher too? It was published by a small press out of Indiana that's not around anymore. So now it's technically out of print. And of course I have it up on Amazon because the rights came back to me and I like publish it as a backlist, but it, it was originally published by a small press in Indiana. Very cool. So what have, what has your feedback been like? Because these are very unique stories. What has your feedback been like from the audiences who've gotten these books? They are definitely different books. And I would say that like going forward, I think my books fall more into what I did with Community Klepto than what I did with the redheaded stepchild. Although there there are a lot of elements of humor in my first two books as well. Um, of course, you know the feedback I always get is keep writing. When I was writing Community Klepto, um, you know I I was going to these critique groups at coffee shops here in Austin, and I was like this pregnant, like out to here, and I'm like I gotta finish this book before I have these twins. So uh, you know, just, and everybody's like, don't give up, don't give up, just keep going, just keep going. Um, so I finally did finish, like, when I say finish, I mean, I wrote the end and then spent an, another year, like, like, like editing my first draft, you know, uh, right before my twins came. So I did oh, make wow. it, but, uh, but I was, was editing during nap time for like a year. Wow. And then, so did you then submit, how did you, did you do just do submissions instead of going self-published? What made you decide to, with the klepto, to um, do it traditionally versus self? Yeah, I, I felt like I had done two flavors of publishing. I'd done the self-publishing, I'd done the small press, and I wanted, to, like, people kept telling me, like, yeah, you can traditionally publish this book. And this is with a hybrid publisher. She writes press. So I've now tried a third like, like flavor of publishing. So I'm just trying all the flavors, um, you know, chocolate, vanilla, twist, strawberry, pistachio, which is my favorite ice cream because nobody else likes it and I don't have to share. Uh, <laughs> That's a good theory, actually. That is a good theory. I like that. So how's that been different for you doing these different rounds? Uh, it's a good question. I think I've definitely had more mainstream success with the hybrid route. Like my book is in a lot of libraries across the US. It's in the UK as well. I think I even have a purchase in New Zealand, which is very random, but you know, yay. For 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 distribution, like is a big deal. Um, and and where you can get your book into stores. So, you know, community klepto is in stores, whereas the Redheaded Stepchild was only on Amazon, but you know, you make like 70% of the royalties when your book is just on Amazon. So there's that. And as far as like like different, I don't know, I kind of just want to try all the different ways that you can publish a book and see which one I like best. So I next I just gotta to get go. that elusive, you know, Simon and Schuster deal. Well, even then, that may not be the right way to publish right. a book. For no you. idea. Yeah, I know. It's that. I gotta it, try them all. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely an interesting misnomer when you go to the big guys because the big guys 
can either be, wow, that's amazing, or the majority go, yeah, no, I'll go back to a small press or I'll do it myself or whatever with the book, you know? Yeah, when I got the deal with the small press for Portrait of Woman in Ink, I was like, oh my God, this is a big deal. Um, and then like a year went by and I was like, you haven't really done anything for me. So what should I do next? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Okay, Bo, you get a question and then we have to break. What is your typical writing day look like? I don't have a typical writing day. Oh my God. I, have, I, I know that feeling. I know yeah, that feeling. I have, I, kids I, have yeah. I have two first graders and a full-time job. So my writing time happens after my kids are in bed and my work day is over and my spouse doesn't need me to do more shit. So <laughs> my typical writing day, like I don't write every day because that just does not fit into my schedule. Uh, I write three days a week. I put it on my calendar. I shut the door. I put on my noise canceling headphones. I use my incredibly loud typewriter keyboard and just drown out the world. Um, but that's, I mean, I only get like six hours of writing a week, but I kind of figure that if I write a thousand words a week, which is like my goal, and there's 52 weeks in a year. That's basically a book per year. It's a whole book. See? Yeah. That's good. So you don't have to write every day. You don't have to write at the same time every day. Because there are times, like, if there's nothing going on on a, a Sunday morning and I'm feeling inspired and people are leaving me alone, then absolutely, I'll get out my loud keyboard and get to it. Sometimes I just type on my phone, like in the bathroom, hiding in there for like five minutes. I'm like, that counts for the day. Good job, me. I don't do that, but um, <laughs> I have a dry erase marker in my car because that's when all my good ideas come to me because it's when my brain is off. So I'm like, which is kind of unfair. Like your brain is off and that's when your best ideas come to you. Uh, so I keep that marker in my car so that I can write that idea on the window of the car next to me. Um, and sometimes that's the only writing that I do. And sometimes, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit down and write. And all I do is read the page that I wrote the last time. And that's okay. Yeah. Like whatever works for you. Like, you know, you see people who try to dole out advice on how to write or create a space or create a routine. Like that's not like, there is no one way to do it. You just have to find what works for you. And me with two six-year-olds and a full-time job, that is what works for me. No, I, th I think that's great. What you just said is true. I'm As long as you are writing, I mean, the biggest thing is not doing anything because the book will never write itself. You know, we're not quite to I'm that. I'm still waiting point. for that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Eventually our AI overlords will absolutely make it possible to just pull them from our brain. But I think we're a little ways out from that. That's, that's where I feel. And on that note, on AI taking over our brains, we will be right back with Drinking With Authors. Drew Leiter here, inviting you to join Cletus Jacobs and I as we journey into a new era of the DC universe, Dawn of the DC. Join us each week as we review comics, television and movies there might even be a surprise guest or two along the way thanks for your continued support and we look forward to talking more dc with you the earth station dcu podcast comes out weekly and is part of the eso network our sponsor today on drinking with authors is skunk brother spirits Skunk Brother Spirits was started by a family of disabled veterans focused on locally sourced quality distilled spirits. Their name was inspired by their pops, who was nicknamed Skunk. Skunk's father was a moonshiner in Oregon back when it wasn't exactly legal. Now the brothers are taking the family business legal with their Washington-based team using their grandfather's Prohibition-era moonshine recipe to bring small batch spirits to the gorge and beyond. From the moonshine corn whiskey to the apple pie brandy, all of their spirits are handmade in Washington. Believing they already have the best ingredients in the local community, they work with local farmers and suppliers to produce the highest quality spirits from scratch. You can find them on Facebook at Skunk Brothers and on Twitter at Skunk Rose Inc. 
or visit their site www.skunkbrotherspirits.com and use coupon code DWA10 at checkout to read 10% off your order. You can always also ask your local retailer to start stocking Skunk Brother Spirits. Regardless of how you get your hands on a bottle or two, grab a drink and don't forget to get skunk. Okay, we're back. So let's talk a little bit about um, reviews. I don't know why I went there, but I'm going there. So do you read your reviews? Uh, I would be lying if I said that I did not know exactly how many reviews I have on every single one of my books right now. And I definitely read all of them. Um, and, and of course, there are some that you have to, yay. And there are some <laughs> that you have to, hmm. Like, and that's just part of it. Hey, they bought your book. They gave you money. Exactly. <laughs> or they got it from the library and yay, libraries. They're the best yeah. things ever. Um, oh, I tell people that all the time. If you're at a convention or you're at a show and somebody's like, oh, whatever, go, go get my book from a library here. Take this card in and tell them to order the book. Yeah, get it. absolutely. Think, you know, Libraries need to be utilized so much more than they are. I remember like living in the little card files and finding all my books that way. Absolutely. You know? I spent a whole summer at, at, at the library when I was a kid because you could do that in the yeah. 90s. Like you can't yeah. just drop your kids off at the library today, but uh, someday. And then I also write re reviews too. Um, well, I don't write them. I have a TikTok channel where I review books um, I stopped writing reviews for books because I felt like I was just writing the same thing over and over again. And what I really wanted to talk about was my experience with the book, like where I got it, what I was doing while I read it, what was going on in my life. And to put that in a Goodreads review seemed kind of self-indulgent to me. So now I have a TikTok channel where I talk about the book, how I got it, and I also pair that book with a drink and a record from my record collection. So the only time I make cocktails is when I'm doing TikTok. <laughs> hey, I think, but that's brilliant. That is brilliant. People, so let, let's talk about the talk for a moment. I call it the talk. It's the my talk. <laughs> my husband calls it <laughs> clock clock. Yes, I'm like, <laughs> clock, let's clock. talk about the talk for a moment because, you know, authors, you have to do marketing regardless of who you're with. As a publisher, even if you get with one of the big guys, you generally are responsible for doing all of your marketing and public relations, right? right. They just, Which it's, sucks. they'll and do it's some things, but not a, a ton necessarily, right? Um, and to reach the audience the way we need to reach the audience, you have to do more because even if they run an ad in the Wall Street Journal, done, done, gone. If you can afford that. Yeah, but I'm just, it's done and it's that, that was- And it yesterday. goes away. Yeah. yeah. It'll never, it's um, in the trash. So what made you decide to go down the route of the talk? Because that's a little commitment in and of itself. It totally is. And I, I basically told myself, I'll keep doing it as long as I enjoy it. And once I stop enjoying it, I'll do something else. But like I said, I just wanted to, you know, like being an, an author, you realize how important reviews are for books. So- like every book you read, even if you hate it, like even a bad re re review will sell a couple books. Like yeah. there is no bad, like saying nothing is worse than just not like, like doing a bad review. So, you know, I'm reading all these books, especially from other authors that I know and wanted to at least say something and say something new. Uh, and I got tired of, of basically writing, I enjoyed this book. Here's what I liked about it. Here's what I did not like about it. It just felt so formulaic to me. And I wanted to, you know, go deeper and talk about, you know, I got this book when I met this author at this event and they signed the book for me. And we talked about our kids growing up in the car, you know, that kind of experience that really adds to the book for me. And then we, my husband is a hoarder and we have like, 80,000 records in our house and I enjoy booze. So it was like in any given book, there's probably some reference to music and there's probably some reference to a drink. So I'm going to, and if there's not, I can make something up because it's my experience with it. So that's what I started doing. 
I think that's fantastic. Um, how often do you do this? I post on TikTok twice a week and I record uh, like eight books at a time and just push them out twice a week. Wow. I have a huge um, backlog that I have to film, but it's like, oh, then I have to do my hair. I have to put on a shirt. I have to put on a bra. So I'll wait until all that happens. And I like have a little, you know, for, I mean, first I have to figure out, you know, what am I going to pair with this book? What kind of drink? What kind of record? I have to go see if it's in my collection. Sometimes I just kind of have to search through the collection. We, we, we have it all digitized now. So we know what records we have and how much they're worth. Uh, which is kind of exciting. <laughs> and, you know, then it's like, do I have to go to the liquor store or not? Uh, what can I do with what I already have in my house? Um, and then I also have to find a quiet time in the day to do that, which is usually when my kids are watching Frozen on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> so you can just hear Frozen like softly in the background of all your text books. Make it stop, <laughs> make it stop. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh, that's hysterical. But that's awesome. I, and I love that you, you're doing something because when I talk to authors about getting into TikTok and stuff, I always have to tell them like, this is a commitment. You can't diet Coke TikTok because if you're just going to do random stuff, just stay on Instagram. Like yeah. It yeah, you have to have a thing. You have to have your own thing. Yes. You absolutely I do random have stuff to too, but I have to be like really inspired to do the random thing mm -hmm. on TikTok. Yeah, no, but you do. I hate to say you almost have to have some kind of gimmick because most people a video will go viral, not all of the videos right. go viral. But if somebody and then you catch yourself in, in a trap of spending three hours to make a 30 second video and oh. nobody wants to be in that trap. Well, there are several people that want to be in that trap. Of that, like, <laughs> well, I'm 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 not it. No, neither am I. Neither. Well, that's one of the reasons, to be honest, I don't have a um tiktok because i it's not anything against tiktok i just go i can't even commit to doing the couple times a week on top of everything else i'm just like i if i do it i want to do it correctly and not just like cool i boop, that was it you know <laughs> having the videos okay bo i always i always circumvent your questions go with questions <laughs> so you talked about music and uh, what do you like to listen to while you're writing silence silence because yeah. I never get it um yeah. there are times that I'll listen to classical music when I'm writing especially if there's like if the tv is too loud or my husband is watching pro wrestling I'm like <laughs> I can still hear it I'm gonna turn on some Chopin um or, or anything without words like I can listen to electronic stuff while I write I can listen to classical while I write but if there are lyrics nope can't do it. Mm -hmm. So Ratatat. Writing down the, the lyrics. You're writing lyrics. I listen to a lot of Ratatat while I write, which is one of my favorite bands. I listen to Celtic music. I understand. I can't. I can't do the words because then I start thinking about the songs, and then I'm not thinking about what I'm writing, or I have a memory of the last time I heard the song or what the song means to me, and then that's a whole entire <laughs> down the rabbit hole. But yeah, um, I I'm usually with my noise canceling headphones and nothing in my headphones just for silence because there's not enough silence in my life there's just not yeah very true what about um have you done in-person events with your books i have so it came out in june um the last part of june so right after the fourth of july i did a lot of in-person events i did two here in austin and then right around the time that that was happening, I got noticed that it was my, well, my 20th high school reunion was supposed to be in 2020. So of course that didn't happen. And yeah. they decided that they were going to do something in the summer of 2022, which I would normally be like, eh, no, I don't really need to go back to that. But I was like, that's right after my book comes out. So it was an excuse to go see my family, see people. And then I did some, um, I did a book event in Kansas City and a book event in Springfield uh, where I went to college. So I got to see all my friends and family and they got to come out and support the book. And that was really cool. Uh, 
I think the coolest thing for me though was like I go to two events that are put on by this bookstore and people who just like this bookstore will go to author events even if they have no idea who the author is or what the book's mm -hmm. about they like this bookstore they want to support the bookstore so they show up and I'm like did my mom put you up to this <laughs> like how do you know me like I don't know you I just like going to events at this store and I'm like that's fucking cool like that doesn't happen on zoom it just doesn't yeah. like people don't randomly show up for zoom events no it's I, I think that's true and I love hearing that people are supporting the bookstores too and I think it's important for us even if you don't know an author to go out because if you only yeah. go to events where authors you know are at then you will never find new books like that and like, the authors go. that you know are probably are probably not going to events at the tiny bookstore in your town yeah for sure. Exactly. And on top of that, if only friends and family show up, they they generally already purchased the yeah. book somehow. They already some got the book. Yeah. Yeah. So if you've already bought the book, yay, come out. But instead of you just coming out, bring like bring five friend. people you know, yeah. like <laughs> that will buy the book because otherwise it does nothing at the book thing for you just to show up and you've already bought the book to other than go, hey, Kelly, I'm here. High five. You're like, cool. Can you go find somebody else who will purchase yeah. the book? Like, and there's nothing that bookstores hate more than for you to bring a friend who comes to the event with the book that they bought on Amazon yeah. and they want you to sign it. Like the bookstore is going to hate you, even though yeah. you have no control over that as an author, where people get your book or what You're they like, do. I don't know them. I don't yeah. know this person. They're a stranger. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. So what was that like? Like the first time you signed a book, what was that like? I got the super fancy pen as a gift from a friend for my 40th birthday. As I mentioned, this book came out one week after my 40th birthday. So like I, this pen is like writing on a cloud and I'm just like, I wanna sign everything. I wanna write on my walls, just like my children do, why not? Um, but just being able, just seeing my book on a shelf in a store, that is like a high, like no other. And I'm sure that at some point you outgrow that when it becomes passe, but I'm not there yet. So the first time that I signed a book, I like wrote a happy face and I was like, okay, now I have to write with a happy face all the time for the rest of time. All of my, my, my signatures have to have a happy face. And one thing that I started doing with this book that I had not done before, um, since this isn't the first book that's come out since I had kids, um, my kids get invited to, I'm not kidding, one birthday party, like two birthday parties per weekend. There's so many birthday parties and there's so many crappy plastic toys. And I'm like, we are not going to get this kid a crappy plastic toy because I don't want you getting crappy plastic toys with 50, 100 pieces. So we go to a bookstore. I let the kids pick out a book for the, the birthday boy or girl. And we're supporting a local bookstore. They're getting a nice present. And then I have a stamp that says this book belongs to, and my kids will write the birthday boy or girl's name in the book. So I've started doing that with my book. When somebody buys them and I sign it, I do a stamp that says this book belongs to, and then I sign it. I love that's, that. That's so cute. That is adorable. And I know Bo's going to be like, now I'm going to get one of I'm those. I'm stealing that idea. No, I, I think that is absolutely. You can find them at Hobby Lobby. There you go. Absolutely adorable. I think that's a great, great way to do it. And I think when you sign a book to somebody, it, it, and you know, you get a chance, you go meet the author, but I feel like that's more treasured a lot of times than, you know, just getting a book, right? Is the book. Yeah, I'm not going to put that book in my, my little free, free, free library because somebody signed it. Yeah. And you get yeah. to have a conversation with somebody if they learn about book. them. It, I mean, even if get a lot of time for that, yeah. Even if uh, the author spells my name wrong, which happens more often than you might think, uh, they're like, they do an I or the EY or you know whatever. Like, I'm still gonna treasure that book, and it's gonna be on my shelf forever. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I have a lot of books because of that, because going to cons and stuff like that and, and meeting authors and, yep. hey, what is your book about and stuff like that. Because you can totally throw off an author going to a convention and just walking up to their table and be like, tell me about your book. Because they're waiting, you're you like, know, like, what? You want to hear it about like, It feels like a test, honestly. It feels like I'm like <laughs> being, being graded for something. And I'm like, if I don't do a good job, they're not going to buy the book. So I have to do a good job. And then I end up fucking it up because now I feel tested. Yeah, I would think, wait, is this going to be on TikTok tomorrow? <laughs> Am I being recorded? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Okay. It's a fair question. You never know when you're being recorded. It's true. That's I true. just assume I'm always recorded, always on TikTok. Oh, true. Okay, Bo, your next question, my love. What is your favorite book trope? In Enemies any genre? to lovers. Yes. Best one. I don't know why, because I always see it coming, but I still always like it. Yeah. You know, and, it's, it, and I've never experienced that in real life. So maybe that's why I like it, because it's not something I've experienced in real life. Like, I've never been life. so mad at someone I want to kiss them. No, not ever. I, I think it's definitely a fantasy trope. I, I I've been so mad I want to eviscerate them, like <laughs> in, in 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 your work. I will. Well, I write horror. I write chick lit erotica, which is where this dating thing is going to go. But I also write um, horror that doesn't have happy endings. Well. The online dating thing could go in horror too. It could. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> it really could. You could make it really ominous. Yeah, but I actually have a story that's going to, the idea is going to go into. Don't worry. You'll be thanked in the acknowledgments. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> uh, uh, is there, what about stuff that you want to write? Like, so you have this one you're working on. Do you know what you want to do right after that one? No, I have no fucking clue. Um, I do have a lot of, kids books that I've either written or are half written or are ideas in my head just because my kids give me so many ideas for books um and I see uh like gaps like I'm like I need a book to introduce this concept to my kid why doesn't this book exist that doesn't make sense to me um so there's a lot of that but as far as a novel after this one, I can definitely not see the light at the end of the tunnel for the one that I'm halfway through now. So who knows what the next one's gonna be. Well, I like it, I like it. I like the children's books idea. Um, I think that is a great idea to base it off of things that you want to tell your kids and stuff like that. I think that's phenomenal um, because well, that- It's either that there's nothing on it or what is out there is so shitty that I get tired of, of, of hearing it. And like, this is the best you could do to explain this concept to a kid. Cause I could explain it better than that. And people are like, well, why don't you then? I'm like, hold my beer, let's go. <laughs> hold my beer. Um, what is something that surprised you when you first got published? Like something that you didn't think about when you when you first went down the publishing route um like like definitely the amount of marketing you have to do the amount of i really hate the b word of brand but like it's a thing you have to do and it feels so dirty to me to call myself a brand um but you're a celebrity but, i i tell that to people i give talks on shameless self-promotion all the time. And I actually have a chapter going into a book on writing about shameless self-promotion. They asked me to write it because the first thing I say is you're a celebrity and you're a brand. Like I know people- Apparently don't necessarily... this is my brand now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm all about that brand. But um, you are a brand. And if you don't it treat is. it yeah. like that, I think it can work as a disadvantage because you're not taking opportunities to talk about yourself the right and way. Some of my favorite uh, books and some of my favorite authors are people who don't do that well. And it makes me sad because I don't even hear about their books until like months after they come out. And of course I'm gonna read it because I already know that what you wrote is good. 
and I already know that I'm going to read like basically you could shit on a page and I'm going to read it because I like you as a writer and I'm going to read it anything you put out but if I don't know it exists I can't do that no absolutely and I I agree it's like how do you find out especially because a lot of writers not all of them are multi-book writing very fast writers and so sometimes there's years in between when you get their next book so you're not go watching them all the time going did it come out did it come out you're like waiting for them to go hey it came out go read my book you know pre-orders open today <laughs> oh my gosh pre-orders pre-orders are ooh, such a big so deal amazing. and people don't realize how big of a deal pre-orders are how long their book like there's an exact sweet spot for how long you should have a pre-order up by the way, hashtag everybody, it's not nine months. It's not having a child. Or even that six. Is, yeah, it's three months, three, three months, yeah. key, you know, to doing it. And I, that's not taken as advantage of as much out there. Um, so when you're reading your reviews, uh, have you felt like you can distance yourself from your review um, so that you don't take them personally? I've only had one two-star review of Community Klepto so far. And that review basically said that the, the book was just a person on the treadmill all the time. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. Because it kind of was for like five chapters because that's what I was doing when I wrote it. <laughs> and that's what the character was doing when I wrote it. So if you find that repetitive, then sure, yeah. That's a fair. Um, I've, I haven't had any one stars or any like, I wish I could give this book zero stars. I haven't had any of those yet. Um, so, but when I do, I'll probably cry and then drink some wine and then get over it. Yeah. No, you because, you know, books are subjective and they should be like one, like there is no book that could ever be written that will appeal to every person in every walk of life at one given time. That just doesn't exist. And it shouldn't exist because books should exist. Like you, you should be able to say, I don't like this thing and that's okay. Or this thing is not for me and that's okay. Um, you know, books are subjective and they should be. I agree a hundred percent. Okay, Bo, final question. You always give me the final question and it's scary. Because <laughs> what I know, well, I always do it. It's so not really the final question. <laughs> yes, like a part of this. It's not really um, the final question. Like I'm gonna get more questions in my lifetime. <laughs> I'm not gonna leave it's here. Not the last time. She is not judging you based on this question, Bo. True. What genre would you like to write but are afraid to write? Horror. Because <laughs> I have so many fucked up stories in my head but I don't know that I can execute on like the gore or the suspense or the tension because I would just make a dick joke um, and throw it off. We need, we need more dick jokes and horror, honestly. Well, yeah. Although you can't do humorous I love horror. Yes, I love schlocky horror films. That's like my guilty pleasure, 100%. Um, I just don't feel like I could write one. Have but you I probably read should if I sat down to do it. Have you read Jeff Strand? I think I've read one of his. He writes humorous horror, like incredibly well with the, all of that stuff in there. So if you- I've read a, a lot of humorous horror this year. And the thing that I love about it is, and, and when I read the reviews of it, people are like, oh, this isn't very, I'm like, it's not supposed to be. Like, it's not supposed to be serious. It's not supposed to be good. It's, it's like, like watching on, on, on the moon. Like cabin fever. <laughs> it's like watching cabin fever in the tiniest movie theater that's like gross and has a sticky floor. That's what those yeah. books are supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's kind of like paranormal romance. I mean, paranormal romance for the most part is so entertaining and you get in love with the characters, but they're generally not like riveting riveting literary art no, you know what I mean? no. like and i recently read a satirical paranormal romance about 
mummies. And it was so funny just because like, it could be like, it was not going to take itself seriously. That's why I can't do a whole lot of paranormal romance because they think that the vampire romance is like actually serious. And I just can't take that seriously. But if you're not taking it seriously, I'll read that fucking all day. It's like a soap opera. You're just supposed to have a good time. Yeah. Supposed totally. to weird stuff supposed to happen that you go, there's no way that would happen, but it's supposed to in those kind of yeah. books. And yes. we love it. Okay. Kelly, it's time for your shameless self-promotion. How do people find you in your books? You can find me everywhere. Uh, my website, if you search for Kelly Hitchcock, you'll probably find some Alfred Hitchcock and some Grace Kelly, but I am the Kelly Hitchcock and my website, kellyhitchcock.com and Kelly Hitchcock on Facebook, Kel Hitchcock on Instagram, Kelly Hitchcock on Twitter, my TikTok, where I review books and pair them with booze and records is Kelly Hitchcock Pairings. My book is Community Klepto. It's available everywhere books are sold. And you can also find me in the pickup line for my kid's school, but I'm not going to tell you where that is because that would be creepy. Yeah, let's not do that. Let's not even go looking for her there. We're going to hard pass on that. So <laughs> it was amazing having you on the show with us today. Thank, Thank you, you so much, so much for here. having me. Cheers. Absolutely. Cheers. 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 Oh, that was just gin. That was just gin <laughs> at the bottom there. That's fine. You don't have the moonshine today, Erica. No, I, I didn't do moonshine because I did. This beer is 14%. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I instead decided to do this bougie combination. And next time I'll do the gin. But no, moonshine. Whoa, words. Okay, <laughs> so we're going to end this podcast now. I've been your host, Erica Lance. Do not forget to like and subscribe and review because we love all of those things my co-host has been the amazing bow lake our guest has been kelly hitchcock and we will see you guys next time this has been a broadcast of the eso network be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our eso patreon or by shopping for the t public store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com the ESO Network, your station for all things geek.